It ain't that simple, mate. Hello and welcome to It Ain't That Simple Mate, the Bright Hope World podcast. I'm Fraser Scott, the Executive Director of Bright Hope World, and ordinarily I would have Kevin on sitting next to me, but he is not with us today. And in fact, uh, we're recording these intros uh, separately, so you won't hear him for a while uh, at the beginning of the podcast at least. But rest assured, for all of you Kevin fans out there, you will hear him uh, very much during the podcast uh, interviews themselves. But I must say, you won't hear him very well in a lot of them because we have had a few uh, audio and technical challenges, which kind of comes with the territory. When you're trying to put uh, these interviews together with people in far-flung places and and often with not very good uh, internet and not very good microphones, but that is just the reality of the places that we work. So I would encourage you to, um, you know, maybe put headphones on and, and listen carefully and and remember that uh, as well, not all of our partners speak English as first language, um, but their stories are so rich and so encouraging and so important to listen to. Uh, I would very much um, encourage you to to strap in and, and, and listen. You'll find it worthwhile. There's some real nuggets in the things that they, uh, they say. Now, before I introduce uh, today's uh, interviewee, uh, I do want to mention again the fact that um, you can leave feedback uh, feedback for us at uh, facebook.com forward slash bright hope world. We love getting that. Or you can email us directly podcast at brighthopeworld.com. And uh, if you'd like, if you've got feedback uh, for any of the people that uh, we're interviewing here, we're happy to pass that on for them. Um, it is wonderful and you'll hear a lot of them mention it as we go. Uh, It's a real encouragement for them to know that people are praying for them, care about them, are interested in what they do. Uh, A lot of them do face some real challenges in their ministries. Uh, And you'll hear uh, as well a a lot of them that uh, we keep some details back. We We don't necessarily say exactly where these people are or what their names are. Uh, and that's the reality of the persecution that so many of our partners uh, face, and particularly some of the uh, cities and countries that we're going to in this season of the podcast are are tricky places, and the risk that our partners face is genuine, so we want to be very, very careful to not put them at any risk. So uh, that's why you don't always get the the names, and, and even occasionally when a partner slips and says their own name, we will uh, edit it out to uh, protect them. Uh, now the wonderful couple that we are interviewing today are from Cairo, uh, Egypt. Um, you'll see in the uh, notes the the link uh, for for this uh, particular episode. Um, this partner has written a book uh, under a nom de plume. And it is a wonderful read. I highly recommend it. Uh, you can see the uh, link for that uh, in the notes. Um, but uh, we'll we'll hear in the second half from both he and his wife. But we start off uh, with him, with our a good friend, Cairo Egypt, telling you a little bit about uh, his background, his story, uh, his childhood. Uh, it, it is phenomenal. Uh, we very much hope you enjoy it. Uh, good evening. Good evening. <laughs> Good evening from uh, Cairo. <laughs> Good evening from Cairo. It's yeah. lovely to talk to you. Um, it's, it's been a while since we've been able to uh, visit, and we're very keen to uh, hear some of your story and share that with, with people out there. We know that Egypt has had a, a tough time in uh, COVID, and we will 
Um, we will get to that in due course. But um, it'd be great if you could just tell us some of your story, your your testimony, and and um, growing up. I, I know it is a, a wonderful story. So um, I just want to give you the opportunity to tell us about your your life and how you came to be where you are. Okay, uh, thank you for uh, <clears throat> having us, and it's a um, uh, great uh, privilege for me to share uh, with you um, my testimony and how I, um, I came uh, to the Lord and how I am uh, involved in the ministry. Um, for me, I, I was born in a Christian uh, family, and um, my father, he was... Uh, uh, a minister of the gospel, uh, a pastor, and um, uh, one day they invited him to be a pastor at one of the villages in the south of Egypt, and um, he accepted the invitation and we went to the village, and uh, there is a church there uh, closed for many years. He opened the church and he started the ministry in the village. And it was like a revival uh, going on, and many people came to know the Lord uh, through his ministry. Uh, but what happened, the fanatic people at the village uh, are not happy about this, and they st- uh, decided to stop this ministry. I remember very well one day, uh, it was Friday afternoon, uh, we have the children uh, ministry in the church because Friday is the day off in Egypt as a Muslim country. So I was in the church with all the kids and my father was teaching us. And after uh, uh, we finish, I was standing in front of the church uh, with my father. And uh, another elder also from the church standing with us. Uh, I suddenly find uh, two uh, fanatic people carry machine gun. They came toward us and they opened fire and they um, killed the elder. The killed elder was killed immediately. Uh, uh, my father fell down in the ground uh, bleeding and I was standing next to him crying and screaming, uh, seeing this terrible picture. It was very, very uh, difficult. Um, and then after a few minutes, uh, my mother came down with uh, my other brother and sister because we are six kids at this time. And usually the pastor uh, live in a flat above the church. So we uh, surrounded my father, uh, myself, my mother, my brothers and sister, all of us crying. Uh, my father in the ground, breathing, breathing. And... Uh, there is no hospital in the village uh, at this time. So by the time the ambulance came, uh, they took my father and my mother went with him. And uh, uh, since this time, I never saw my father again. He went uh, to a village, another uh, village, where there is a very uh, small hospital and they couldn't save his life. And... uh, uh, he was injured on Friday afternoon. By Saturday, by Sunday morning, uh, he died, and they buried him. And uh, my mother came, very sad, people crying, 
And I was keeping asking everybody, uh, where is my father? Where is my father? And everyone keep telling me, uh, your father went to the heaven. And one day you're going to see him. But I told them I want to go to heaven now. I didn't understand why I can't go to the heaven now to see my father. So since this time, I became broken uh, boy, uh, very sad. Um, I was six years old. But uh, in this early age, uh, my heart was full of bitterness and hatred toward uh, this people. And even as a little boy, I have one dream in my life uh, that one day I will be able to buy a gun and to kill the people which they killed my father. This is my aim in life. Uh, so after my father was killed, uh, uh, we moved from uh, the village and we went to Cairo. And it was very, very difficult, tough life. We have no money at all. There is no salary for my father. I uh, remember they used to give us every month about uh, uh, two Egyptian pounds a month for six kids. I was six. Mm -hmm. My younger brother was uh, 40 days old. So it was a journey of faith. My mother is not educated, very simple lady. So day by day, the Lord uh, took care of us many days. We slept without any food because there is no food. There is no money to buy food. And it was very, very difficult life. One day when I was 11 years old, I was sitting in a small church praying. And I asked uh, Jesus, if you are real, please reveal yourself to me. And suddenly I felt uh, his presence. He came to my life and I felt his presence and he washed me. Uh, by his blood, and the, since this time, I became a new creation in Jesus Christ. And um, by uh, gradually, all the hatred, all the bitterness in my heart was taken away, and I started uh, to feel uh, peace and joy of the Lord uh, in my heart. So I was saved at the age of 11 years old. And when, um, even in this early age, I felt that the hand of the Lord over my life and he calling me to be in ministry. But I was young. I, uh, I uh, went, uh, I finished my high school. I get a very good uh, uh, grade and I was able to study at the university. And because education is free in Egypt, I went to the university. I studied uh, veterinary, uh, veterinary medicine and I became a veterinarian and um, after I graduated I started to work uh, good salary uh, taking care of my family and I try to forget the call of God in my life all the time it's very heavy in my heart that the Lord wanted me in the ministry but I try to resist uh, uh, all the time until uh, one day I was not able to resist anymore, so I resigned and I gave up my job. And a friend of mine uh, uh, at Elim Church in New Zealand, Christ Church, uh, uh, and, uh, offered me a sponsorship to go to New Zealand to study at the Bible school for one year. So I went uh, between Elim Bible School and the New Life uh, 
Bible school uh, uh, for one year, and then I came back to Egypt. And since 1988, is is quite something I think that will impact anyone that that hears your story that you bear no bitterness or or uh, or anything towards those people that um, attacked your family. That's that's quite something. Now you've written a book about this, haven't you? Um, actually, this uh, I didn't realize how uh, strong is uh, the message of forgiveness and how the world do not uh, understand this. I remember one time I was invited to speak an international conference in South Korea, South Korea in Seoul. And um, it is not a a Christian conference. And I went there by accident. I thought that I was there by mistake because they invited 17 speakers from all over the world to speak about violence from their background. So when I arrived there, I find myself uh, a guest of government, and uh, this conference under the Prime Minister of South Korea himself, uh, they invited 17 famous speakers from all of the uh, all over the world. One of them was Nelson Mandela from South Africa uh, <laughs> before he died. And um, you know, I was very embarrassed. I think that I am here by mistake. I have no mes- message among this. Uh, very um, high educated people. And um, uh, they asked me to give a lecture uh, one hour about uh, uh, violence as a person from the Middle East. So uh, I don't know. And even the organizer of the conference uh, asked me several times, where is your uh, PowerPoint? Where is your uh, (laughs) lecture? And um, uh, actually I have nothing. And he was very angry with me. And he gave me warning that tomorrow you have to give me your uh, presentation. So they put me in a seven stars hotel. They paid everything for me as a guest speaker for the government. So I went to the hotel and I started to write uh, something handwriting with my bad English full of uh, mistake about the problem between Arab and Israel and uh, solution for this. And I gave the paper to the man. And he, looked, he said, this is your uh, presentation? I said, yes. So I, I saw that he felt sorry that they invited me. Uh, anyway, uh, 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 my turn became, and um, I was very uh, nervous, uh, but I prayed. I said, Jesus, this is not a Christian conference, but help me to glorify your name in this gathering. And this... Um, uh, uh, conference was at the parliament and it is on air and um, all the ambassadors, all the government, every uh, are there, about 300 people. So I started to share uh, with uh, among this gathering. I told them I have nothing, uh, PowerPoint or any presentation, but this is what I have. And I raised my Bible and I started to speak about my testimony. And how I saw my father 
killed in front of me and how I was, I wanted to react in violent. And this is the human reaction, violent, uh, producing violent. And I said, there is no solution for the problem of violence in the world. The only solution comes through a person. And this person, his name is Jesus Christ. And mm -hmm. I told them how Jesus changed my life when I was 11 years old. And even I read abortion from the Bible when they came to arrest Jesus and how one of his disciples want to act in violence and how Jesus told him to put his soul back. And for one hour, like preaching in a church. And I looked to the eyes of the people and I saw that they are listening very well uh, to my speech. And um, actually, after I finish, uh, all the gatherings, they stood and they start to clap for me for a long time. Uh, before I spoke, you know, a man from India, he won a Nobel Prize before, and he spoke about Gandhi. And actually, when he finished, they clapped for him, but just for a few seconds. But for me, <laughs> they clapped for me for a long time. And um, when I went down in the stair, the prime minister, he came toward me, and he gave me a big hug, and he said, uh, my son, praise the Lord. I am a Christian too. I am so glad about what you shared. Um, so I was very happy. And uh, at the end of the conference, uh, some people came and they say we are representing uh, a peace organization founded by President Reagan, the ex-president of US. And he said, we went to Egypt and we represent this peace prize to the president of your country. And you are the second person from Egypt. We're going to give you this prison, a certificate that Nathan, that me, I am a man of peace. And they choose me as the best speaker for this conference. So I was amazed. At the beginning, I thought I have no message. I came by mistake. But after this time, I was very encouraged. And, you know, I saw and I find that we carry the most valuable message, a message of hope, a message of love, and a message of forgiveness. And even a year ago, I was in a church sharing about my testimony. And after I finish, I find someone say, came to me and he said, I represent Baker uh, Printing House, and we would like to put your story in a book. I said, me? My story, if I read, uh, put my story, it is just a few paper. He said, no, no, no. And they keep asking and asking until I agree. So the, I, they appointed uh, a writer and I spent about six months with him. He visited me in Egypt. I visited him there and many Skype calls. And finally, uh, they wrote a book, uh, Love Cast Out Fears about my story. This book now in English, they are in Romanian language, in, in Norwegian language, and in Danish language. I was amazed, you know, that the Lord is using my story uh, by this way, which is including a very powerful message about uh, a powerful of uh, forgiveness. Uh, we'll put a um, uh, link uh, in the the podcast night so that people can uh, look up that book um it is such a fantastic story 
It's an Amazon. Yeah, you can get it from Amazon. Yeah. Okay. the The other part of, of your story that I think is extraordinary, and it's it's something that um, people in the West particularly need to hear, is, is the fact that you had trained as a veterinarian, you had a pretty good career, um, and and certainly earning prospects in, in front of you, and you made the decision to set that aside and follow God into ministry. What was that like? How how did you come to that decision? And you know what sort of impact did that have on your life and, and on your family? Yeah, actually, this decision is uh, uh, it is not easy. I took it after uh, many years of struggling, and uh, but I realized that this is uh, a call of God in my life, and I have uh, to obey Him and I have to follow Him. Uh, when I took this decision, uh, I was uh, single. I married. Uh, after that, uh, so I was uh, in a ministry, then I married, then I have my children, uh, but um, I, I face a huge challenge that um, uh, uh, um, uh, at 96, I was uh, uh, find uh, a lot of uh, obstacle and uh, many difficulty in the ministry. And I, um, I was not able to continue. I gave up uh, the ministry and uh, we find a good chance to migrate to be in Canada, to be a Canadian immigrant. So we took this decision. I uh, left e, uh, my country. I took my family and we went to all the way to Vancouver. And um, for uh, someone from my country to be in Canada, it's like, like uh, being in heaven. Everything is very nice. Everything is very clean. Education for my children. I thought, well, this is the end and I have to stay here and to enjoy the rest of my life. But what happened uh, three months after three months being there? We didn't feel that this is our land. And myself and my wife, very heavy in our heart that Canada is not our land and we have a ministry in our country and we have to go back. So I told my wife, um, this is not our land and we have to go back. Many people around us, they say you are crazy. This is not fair for your children. This is a chance for life. I said, well, it's a chance for life, but I I have to obey God. And uh, I told my wife, if we stay longer, uh, it will be difficult for the kids to go back after uh, they accommodate themselves in a school. So we decided to go back immediately. So we returned back uh, to Egypt. And since this time, many opportunities, many doors of ministry are open for us. And the Lord is using us uh, since this time until now. And we are so grateful to the heart, uh, to our Lord. And we are so happy that we obeyed him and we are here in our uh, land. Well, that is quite, that is quite a sacrifice that, that you guys have made. And yet I, I, I feel pretty confident that you wouldn't see it as a sacrifice, would you? <laughs> no, it's, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, when you obey God, actually, it's, it's uh, uh, you know, and when you do his will in your life, you find this is the best thing for you, uh, walking in his way. And of course, your your wife has given up 
uh, a good position and job as well, hasn't she, to join in ministry with you there? Yes, she did. She have a good job at the uh, Faculty of Medicine, Cairo University, as a pharmacist. Uh, but I think now it is more than three years uh, when we she finds that there is a big need for her to be in a full-time ministry. Also, she took a decision, gave up a good uh, position, and she resigned. And now she was in the ministry, and she's doing a great uh, work among refugees, among women, uh, among children, and uh, she's very good in the ministry because she loved by the people and she's very good and she has the gift to, to listen to the people, she knows how to cry with the people, how to encourage them, and uh, the Lord is using her by a mighty way, and actually without her, I couldn't do what I am doing uh, right now. Yeah, I, I always remember seeing her in the middle of a group of women and, and how they all, they treat her like she's their mother. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very nice to see. Right, we're going to take a uh, short break now and then um, we are going to ask you to, to bring your wife into the conversation and and. Um, hear a, a little bit about the, the ministry that you're doing in Cairo. I, I know it has a, a number of different facets to it and to, to understand the impact that you're having and the, the different uh, sort of activities. Um, but we're just going to take a short break and we will be right back. It Ain't That Simple Mate is brought to you by Lamai Coffee. Lamai Coffee is the finest quality organic Arabica coffee from the northern hills of Thailand. We at Bright Hope World import the green beans into New Zealand and we roast them to perfection, then sell them to discerning coffee drinkers. We're all volunteers on the team, so all the profits go back into great community projects in Thailand. And that is why we call it the world's best tasting act of kindness. You can order Lamai coffee or find out more at lamai.co.nz. It ain't that simple, mate. Welcome back to It Ain't That Simple, mate, the Bright Hope World uh, podcast, where we're talking to uh, one of our partners and, and friends in Cairo in Egypt. Um, it's, it's doing a range of ministries that we're going to hear about uh, shortly. Um, and we are also joined by his wife that's um, very much uh, involved in the ministry. So I, I want to hand it over to you guys and, and, and just ask you to talk sort of broadly about um, your approach to ministry, the different things that you're doing, the needs that you see, and and how you've come to focus on the things that you are focusing on. Uh, okay, actually, um, for a long time, I was doing um, uh, ministry, uh, like teaching uh, uh, pastor, uh, young people. Um, it's all spiritual ministry. And uh, because this is the mentality of uh, most of the churches in our country, that uh, <clears throat> we shouldn't be involved in uh, social work. Ministry only uh, preaching the gospel, uh, but social work is not uh, the job of the, uh, for us, for the church. 
But um, about t- 10 years ago, the Lord opened my eyes to um, the need around me. How come just preaching the gospel and the people have need, people are hungry? How can I respond to the people? So this um, draw my attention uh, to the holistic ministry that we are minist- minister uh, to a man as, as a whole, uh, you know, to cover all his need. So uh, since this time, we started uh, to uh, uh, minister to uh, poor people, then we find uh, a big problem among uh, refugees. Um, uh, people are not working. People have no skills. Uh, so uh, we used uh, all this uh, uh, social ministry as a tool uh, to preach the gospel uh, to uh, the people uh, around us. So I will get my uh, wife to speak uh, about uh, her ministry among uh, uh, poor uh, people and how uh, this ministry is uh, affecting uh, the life of many families. Uh, Wonderful. <laughs> okay. Um, since I I am uh, uh, like I, I am a pharmacist and I uh, uh, left my job and um, I obey my uh, God calling for me to to work for God all the time. Since this time, I feel I feel uh, that I have um, like a passion to uh, all. Uh, Christian lady uh, for, for women for kids so um, God opened many doors uh, among poor uh, uh, family especially uh, I, I feel that I want to share them uh, what they are uh, faces so I, I work among uh, these, uh, these ladies um, we, we, uh, we pray together we, we share uh, uh, their news together. We want to help uh, 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 by any way we we can do uh, money or uh, food or spiritual or praying together. Uh, God uh, opened for me many doors that uh, th- these ladies um, uh, are responsible responsible for uh, families, husband and kids. Uh, so we, uh, what I feel that I want to connect this family to God. The, I want the, uh, them to feel that um, God, God doors doors are open 24/7 days. Uh, me maybe sometimes I, I am with them, sometimes I'm not with them. But I, I uh, but God is always here. So what make me happy is that uh, many of of them their faces is is begin to uh, very very good and all, even they uh, encouraged me by by their faces and they they li- uh, love God and they put all the, their needs um, between God hands. So when I saw them that they are growing spiritually, this is my my, my joy. Um, they face many, many different uh, situations, like um, uh, 
with with their kids. Some kids are sick. I uh, I try to help them because I am I am a pharmacist in a hospital and I have uh, many relationship. I try to help with medicine. Try to help if they uh, need the operation. Um, God helped me to 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 help them in different ways. So this is my my pleasure and my joy is that uh, like I am God hands to to do many things with them. Yeah, that's great. And you also are running a a training program, aren't you, uh, for at the center? So could you, could you talk a little bit about that as well? Yeah, actually, at the moment, is uh, uh, you know, she helped many poor families, but she wanted to concentrate to follow up with uh, about uh, 60 families. Uh, she meets them regularly every month. Uh, either she meets them in a local church or the, uh, we bring them to the training center group by group and um, uh, she bring a um, uh, message from the Bible, she pray with them, and also she gave some money, bags of food uh, during winter, uh, blanket or fan during summer. Uh, so she built a personal relationship with those families, so they became like her bigger family. Uh, uh, she know all the situation, and she was able to pray with them and to see them growing in the relationship uh, with the Lord. Uh, for the training center, um, uh, we started this ministry uh, uh, about uh, six years ago. And in the training center, uh, we try to um, uh, offer training uh, for people, uh, Muslim and Christian, uh, young and old. Most of those people, they do not have skill. Some of them, even they have a university degree, but they cannot find a work because they are not uh, have skills in English or computer. So we try to offer them uh, this training so they can get a uh, job. Uh, also, uh, we run many courses, hairdressers for young ladies. And we'll talk about this and how this affecting the life of many young ladies. Uh, with this hairdresser courses. We train many, many ladies uh, for hairdressing, and this uh, subject is in Egypt is uh, very successful. Uh, most of them, uh, after uh, finish the course, they uh, have their, um, their own uh, uh, project, uh, and they, they earn money from this. As, and the most um, beautiful thing that among the courses uh, they they feel as uh, the, the love of God we introduce to them hmm. they feel they are comfortable to to be with us uh, even in the, uh, the 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 in the last days of the course they are said that they will live leave. So um, it's a good opportunity to uh, to be close to the ladies. To uh, and some uh, some uh, some co- uh, one course uh, there is a lady uh, she has a very difficult um, position with her uh, husband and they have kids and they uh, decide to divorce and um, 
then I I try to talk with with her and and I try to speak that uh, the family is uh, the God uh, uh, project for human being and uh, try to think again and try to be uh, la- uh, la- uh, give not uh, not only uh, you take and after this uh, discuss with her. Uh, she decides that, that she will try and uh, after this I hear that the family is still together and uh, no problem so it's uh, it's uh, very happy to to have people not only for training and uh, uh, but also to uh, to to faces a problem with with the problem they faces and try to solve with them try to advise with them so this uh, uh, the, the the course is, is uh, uh, opportunity for me to know the people to uh, to to feel what what they 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 need what they faces and try to to help as as I can. Yeah, and so some of these are obviously in Cairo, but but some of the women that you are helping are, are quite a distance away from Cairo too, aren't they? So can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, yes, uh, uh, this lady is coming from a long distance, uh, and uh, uh, when I know that they coming from this uh, place, I, I amazing that uh, this uh, it takes many times, but they, uh, she is very happy, and she takes the course and uh, uh, and finish it and and open their business and uh, still with the relationship with with us. I I always uh, uh, tell the ladies that the, the the course is finished, but our relationship not finished. We are mm. uh, we are always available in any time to phone to come to help. So uh, this lady is amazing that we are Christian and we introduce our love and our helping for any anyone, not only special people. Actually, this lady, she traveled uh, three hours in the morning to reach the center. She using wow. many, uh, uh, kind of transportation and uh, uh, back home another three hours. And she said, because I never saw a place uh, full of love, a place welcoming me, even I am not a Christian, I am from the other religion, but I feel here something different. So this is why here this lady and many others have the same impression and the same story uh, when they come to our uh, training center. Uh, Through our training center, many, many people uh, started a small project. Um, we supply them with uh, some tools, and also we started a loan project. Some of them, they take loan, and they start a project, and they earn money, and they pay back uh, the loans. And actually, we give loans to uh, many, many, many families and many, many people. And until now, all of them, 100%, they pay back the loan. We visit the projects and we see how they are very successful and how they are able to uh, take care of their family through the small project uh, they uh, they did. So the training center impacted the life uh, of many people through the courses 
uh, that we are running. Which is an extraordinary response because, you know, I guess a lot of people would think about doing Christian ministry in Egypt and people will be aware that it is a Muslim majority country. Um, but, it, it, you know, it sounds like the response you're getting from people is is a warm one, that they see something uh, quite different in the Christian community. Is, is that the case? Yes, of course. This is the case. And uh, this is actually our uh, our purpose and our goal to draw people uh, not only to the courses, but we draw people to the love of God. And um, uh, even we cannot uh, share uh, gospel openly with um, non-Christian, but at least we can we share the uh, the Christian uh, principle, the Christian value uh, by indirect way with uh, with those people, and at least they understand what is the Christianity is. I remember someone; his name is Muhammad. He came to our training center. He is a, a, a very religious Muslim man. And at the beginning, he's very, you know, not very happy to be in our uh, training center. He took a course how to fix a phone. And by the end of the course, this man totally changed. And he brought his children for courses. And he went around advertising how good we are. Telling the people, if you need uh, uh, a course in a place, you know, full of love, full of welcoming people. And this man became a very close friend to us. Even at the beginning, he was, uh, you know, not happy to be in this atmosphere. But he is totally changed after he uh, uh, get in uh, direct contact with us. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's such a powerful testimony, isn't it, where, where you know, people are just drawn into what you're doing because they, they see the love. That's, I think, what we all aspire to, but you guys are actually doing it. That's phenomenal. Um, I, I just want to ask, we are running short of time, but, uh, you know, we are aware and obviously we're connected with what you're doing in terms of COVID. Give us a sense of what that has been like uh, in in Egypt, and obviously it's it's June 2021 now, what has it been like? How is it now? And, and how has it impacted your community and, and your family? How How is everyone doing? Yeah, actually, it's, it hit the country very badly. And um, uh, many, many people during the lockdown uh, lost their jobs. And many people, they cry out for help. And it was uh, a great opportunity for us to uh, help, help many, many families uh, during this uh, crisis, and um, actually, we still uh, the problem is still going on in the country. Uh, vaccination is very slow. Um, Egypt, a country of 105 million people, only four percent of the people they took uh, the vaccine, so it still hit many people, uh, even uh, among our family. Uh, myself and my wife and uh, my son, uh, we get infected and we have a very, very tough time for three weeks, very sick. Uh, but we uh, uh, thank the Lord that uh, we recovered from uh, this uh, problem. Right now, uh, my son, Lo, uh, uh, his father was uh, died with COVID and he gets the infection. 
and also uh, he uh, he just finished the, uh, his isolation time today and also he went through a very tough time he lost his father then he find himself uh, have uh, covid isolated himself in his room so it is very very uh, difficult time uh, we lost many uh, people many uh, church leaders died with this covid in our local church uh, more than 20 people died uh, in our community with this uh, COVID-19. Uh, situation this week, a little bit improved, but still, you know, uh, especially in the South, uh, hospitals are full of uh, uh, sick people, and it is uh, still very difficult uh, here in Egypt. Uh, well, that is... Something we continue to pray for here, and I know um, you know we've had a great response from supporters and donors that um, that really do care, and and we certainly want you and and your family and and your community to know that um, we are we are there in spirit at least. We would love to be visiting, but um, that we really do hold you up in prayer, as, as do many of the people that are connected with um, Bright Hope World, and, and we'll listen to this. Um, you know, you, you are not alone. You are very much in our hearts, and and um, we we pray um, very much that this would come to a swift end. Yeah, this is very encouraging that we know that we have uh, brothers uh, and sisters like you standing with us in this uh, difficult time, and we appreciate uh, all the help, all the support, all the encouragement. All the messages we always receive uh, from you and from Kevin and from Helen all the time keep asking and keep praying. It is not a ministry relationship, it is a friend uh, relationship and we are so uh, grateful to the Lord that we are connecting together because, you know, we are working together. Without you, we cannot do uh, what we are doing uh, right now and we are appreciating all the help and all the support. Uh, thank you so much. Well, there you have it. Uh, wow, some some powerful stuff from uh, our good friends in uh, Cairo, Egypt. We hope you enjoyed it. Please do um, come back and uh, join us uh, again next time. We're uh, well. I won't. I won't uh, spoil it. But we're going somewhere else in the world and um, talking to some uh, wonderful folks. So please do join us again. In the meantime. Uh, please do give us uh, feedback. Let us know what you think of our stories. Please forgive us if the audio is a bit crackly here and there. Um, but we, we just love sharing the stories of our partners and, and hope that you find them uh, encouraging. So till next time, uh, thanks for joining us here on It Ain't That Simple, Mate, the Bright Hope World podcast. I'll join you again next time.